Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Well, hello, here I am again for what might well be the second last podcast in this series. Now, the series, as you know if you've been following me, is The Church Jesus Would Attend. And today I'm looking at anointed leadership. Now, the fact that God anoints and leads men and women is indisputably taught and demonstrated in both the Old and the New Testaments. So I guess it's unsurprising that anointed leadership should be one of the evidences and criteria for the presence of God in a Sunday service. Now, don't forget, in this series, I'm only dealing with what happens in the corporate gathering of the church in the Sunday service. I'm not dealing with what happens outside of that, which is a lot. In the Old Testament, there are three special classes of people whom the Holy Spirit anointed to lead the people of Israel. They were kings, prophets, and priests. The kings led the people in national affairs under the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. The prophets spoke on behalf of Almighty God under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And the priests, the anointed priests, represented the people to God. Then came Jesus, fulfilling the prophecy of the coming anointed Messiah and embodying all three sacred offices. He was the perfect king, the perfect prophet, and the perfect priest. In Acts 10 verse 38, it expresses it this way. It says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and talks about how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. Now, although Jesus perfectly, perfectly modeled and fulfilled these three anointed offices, when he ascended back into heaven again, he passed these functions on to his church. You find in Ephesians 4, verses 8 to 13, the record of how Jesus appointed apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip and build up the church in order that his people should become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, it's not explicitly stated in the New Testament, but these five categories of anointed ministry equate to the three Old Testament offices. You see, the apostles establish, govern, and lead the church. That's what Old Testament kings used to do. The prophets speak out the word of God to the church, and the evangelists proclaim the word to the world. And that's what Old Testament prophets used to do. The pastors and the teachers represent the people to God before his throne, and they instruct him in the word of God. That's what Old Testament priests used to do. <laughs> Unfortunately, in much, maybe much is too big a word, but in parts of today's church, these roles and ascriptions have become blurred and they've become confused. I'll tell you what I mean. Pastors attempt to fulfill the apostolic function. Pastors run around calling themselves apostles, trying to set up huge organizations, preside over countless other functionaries. Apostles, on the other hand, often call themselves senior pastors. Uh, by the way, I don't know where pastor became a title and not a description of a function, 
and I have no idea what, why we need to distinguish between senior pastors and other people who pastor. Evangelists often think they're teachers. How many times has a, an anointed evangelist started to think that he can teach some doctrine or, or lay out the precepts of the Word of God to people? Priests try to govern organizations and local churches and call themselves priests when they should be representing the people to God. And I don't want to sound cynical, but almost everybody around thinks he's a prophet. Now, these designated people play dominant roles, actually, in most Sunday gatherings. These apostles, priests, and prophets can be found in a form in today's modern church meetings. Now, in the church that I attend, one of our elders coordinates the service. That's what kind of Old Testament kings would do. They would coordinate the nation. So the coordinating elder greets the people, tells them what is likely to happen during the service, and he orchestrates the various activities that follow. Then there's the worship leader, who helps the people to worship God and to enter as much as they can into his presence. Surely that's what the Old Testament priests used to do. And the preacher speaks the word of God to the people, just like the Old Testament prophets of old. Now look, in my opinion it matters little who these people are, whether they're men, women or adolescents, but it matters a whole lot that they are anointed by the Holy Spirit with grace and power to do what they are supposed to do. And what they are supposed to do, what their task is, is to direct the people by example and by word, and to point them to Jesus. Helping the church to focus on Jesus and encounter His presence is paramount. That's the primary function of anointed leadership in a Sunday service. You see, this is what the Holy Spirit does, is it not? So this is what anointed leaders are to do. John 14.26 says this, The Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus speaking, obviously, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. If the Holy Spirit took upon himself the role of pointing people to Jesus, then surely that must be the role of anointed leadership in the church today. You see, leaders don't represent Jesus as much as point people to him. So I guess it would be useful if I gave some practical examples of what this does and does not mean. So again, excuse me for wry cynicism, but I've seen it and heard it personally too many times. You see, when a preacher makes what he thinks is a great, powerful, funny point, and then immediately calls all the congregation to give the Lord an applause offering, in other words, clap, surely pointing to himself. You know, what, what a fine fellow I am. He's not pointing to Jesus. When, when a worship leader stands bang center in the, the front of the church, takes center stage, and then proceeds to sing songs that nobody but he and his group can sing, and cavorts about the front of the church with great showmanship, then he's pointing to himself, not to Jesus. When the person coordinating the service controls everything tightly, dominates and personally performs almost everything except singing and preaching, then he is pointing to himself, not to Jesus. On that note, by the way, 
I was trained as a, a Methodist preacher, and uh, we were told strictly that we, there was a, a certain way things had to be done. And it was basically that the minister, the guy who stood in the pulpit, did it all. So the prayers, he would say, uh, and I would say, unfortunately, many times, uh, let us pray. And then he would pray. Nobody else would. Let us sing. Yeah, the people sung, but only after he had nominated the hymn that was going to be sung by them, and then led with great gusto, and then he would preach. He'd even greet people at the door afterwards. Probably counted the collection after the service. <laughs> by the way, I'm consistently using the words he and him. And it's simply for convenience. You see, I can't see valid reasons why women should not lead worship, coordinate services, or preach. And that's another whole topic in itself, which I'm not going to cover now. Okay, on the positive side. So how then should a person, he or she, coordinate a service, lead worship, and preach? Simple. By consistently pointing the people to Jesus. And they do this by honoring him with their words and actions, by helping the people to encounter him, and by faithfully speaking his words to them. Now, in a sense, preaching, as I understand it, is a form of prophecy. You see, it proclaims the living word, that's Jesus, from the written word of God, that's the Bible. And it does this under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Now, now that's a prophetic function. Worship leading is essentially a priestly duty because it helps the congregation to encounter the Lord and to respond to Him in song and in prayer. And leading the service is part of an apostolic ministry in that it lays out the structure of the service, it coordinates it, and it guides the people into responding to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. When the apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, pastoral and teaching roles are exercised under the anointing and guidance of the Holy Spirit, then, I believe, we can encounter Jesus. When the Old Testament roles of king, prophet and priest are applied in our modern context within the service, with grace, power and a focus on Jesus, then surely Jesus is pleased to be in our midst. And we are blessed to be in his presence. Now, I mentioned when I started that this is probably the second last podcast in this particular series, in the Church Jesus Would Attend series. So, in my next article, in my next podcast as well, I intend tackling the last three that I listed when the series started. And they are expressions of love, impartation of life and wholeness, and thirdly, a desire to share the presence of God with others. So, watch the space again. God bless you. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, Truth Talks.